What if it rained food? What if Earth was a cube? What if we had nine lives? What if bits could fly? It's absurd. If money grew on trees, if we didn't have knees, if we walked through life slightly magnetical, it's absurd. Absurd hypotheticals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. Guys, we get to do a lightning round today. I'm excited. For those of you who do not know or, or it's your first time listening to the show, this is slightly different than our regular episodes, where normally we answer one question and do a bit of research and prep and have prepared responses and then go through those. This one is not that. This one, we're going to have a whole bunch of questions, and we're just going to answer them off the cuff with what we know in our heads, plus, you know, probably some live Googling <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> and usually someone does a thunder noise, but no one did a thunder noise this time. Oh, God, you're right. Do we do it during the lightning? Like, do we normally do it in the intro of the lightning round or do it when we say there's a lightning round next week? That's usually, it's usually thunder noise. when you say we have a lightning round next week. I think it's just whenever anyone says lightning, says round. lightning round. I think it's both. You're right, actually. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to resist the urge. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and, and just dive right in because I want to get started. First question of the day. What if all worms were gummy worms? So are they alive? Yes. Like, what does this mean? So they're alive, but they're just made of gummy. Yes, they got to be alive. I think it's just they're alive and they move around and stuff. And they're just made of gummy instead of made of worm. Okay. So this is this is not a, this is a, I don't actually know the answer to this. What happens to a gummy worm when it gets wet? Because I feel like it can't be good. Um, I don't think I think the I think gummy can absorb water and increase in size without like dissolving. I don't think it dissolves because I don't think like a gummy worm would dissolve. Right. You did a yeah. whole you did a whole answer where you said that gummies don't dissolve. Yeah, I remember seeing something. I remember seeing something somewhere on the internet that was gummy bears become twice their size. That was for this podcast. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that that's, was for um, Gingerbread House because you were doing, like, pipes. That's right. Yeah. That is what it looks like, yeah. So, when it rains, gummy worms would get bigger. They would engorge. Swole, Swole worms. <laughs> so, all the... I mean, normally when it rains, worms, like, they rise to the surface of soil. But I don't know what would happen in this case. Would they just, like, heave up the soil? I mean, there's not that many worms. Soil is compressible. Like, you can squish soil to make it... Like, if, if, if a worm is underground and gets bigger, it won't push the ground up that same amount. If they're very surface level, maybe. Yeah, I guess there aren't that many worms. Because I, I don't think their behavior would change. We'll, we'll treat them like regular worms. Like, they come up when it rains just because they want to. Is that why they come up? I always thought it had something to do with, like, the rain forces them up somehow. I was assuming it was to avoid drowning. But do worms breathe? Why do worms uh... come out in rain? <laughs> I've had something to do with, like, the pressure that happens in the soil that, like, pushes them up. The worms can't get enough oxygen when the soil is flooded, so they come to the surface to breathe. Ah. There we that go. That is right. I was right. <laughs> is rain good for worms? N- probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so worms can drown. I don't know how, how that's relevant to this oh, question. Oh, wait, no, this one, this fan's fact-checking it. This reconnectwithnature.org is fact-checking that fact. Oh. Yep, Scientific American agrees. Oh, man, we got a mystery here. For, so- for years, scientists seem to think the only reason earthworms came to the soil surface after good rain was to prevent drowning in their water-filled burrows. This is not true, as earthworms breathe through their skins and actually require moisture in the soil to do so. Said Dr. Chris Lowe, lecturer in waste environmental management. Is it the same article <laughs> I'm on? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So apparently they migrate because they, they can move faster across the top of the soil than they can through the soil. But because they need moisture, because they breathe their skin and they need moisture, you know, around them, they can't do it when it's dry. So they come up to move farther while it's wet on the surface and then go back under once they get where they want to go. That's a completely different reason. Not what I expected. So it is good for worms when it rains. I mean, also, to be fair, that's just a hypothesis, but. So neither of these are completely confirmed. None of these theories. It could be either one. Uh, well, it's Scientific American and the Forest Preserve District of Will County and their product and their publication, The Buzz. Which has stolen information from Scientific American. <laughs> <laughs> the Scientific American article is 10 years old, so it could be outdated. Oh, maybe we have maybe we have more informa- uh, information on worms at this point. Yeah, maybe we've, we've excelled in the research of worms. Possible. I mean, the migration thing makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, so the worms do not die from being made of... It, it doesn't ruin their... Being gummy doesn't ruin that. They are more visible because they are now brightly colored like red and green and blue but do like i don't think like birds want to eat them anymore right people want to eat them would you eat a worm would you eat a gummy worm if it's alive i don't know it still tastes like gummy but it's alive that's weird i would eat the shit out of it i'm not gonna lie <laughs> gummy worms are great well probably you have to be first you have to eat the shit off of it because it is still gonna be covered in dirt you can rinse it they'll like it it helps them breathe Actually, if it's raining, yeah, the, basically, the, the, the way it's going to go is it's going to rain outside. Kids are going to grab the gummy worms, or kids plus Ben are going to grab the gummy yep. worms off the ground, <laughs> hold them up, like, cup in your hand so the rain cleans them off, and then you whoop, yummy gummy. But it's still, like, wriggling around and stuff, which is weird. That's okay. I can deal with that. So I was actually just wondering if you could still use them as bait for fish. Apparently, sometimes chewing gum is used as bait for fish. And a lot of fish, especially catfish and trout, are drawn to the sweetness of it. So they might actually still work pretty well as a bait for fishing. Yeah. I mean, fish aren't super smart or picky about what they eat. I remember there was always these little, like, um, little sunny fish over at our, at our small pond upstate. And they would be right by the docks. You could see them. So as a kid, we would fish for those. And, like, if you drop, like, a small pebble off the dock, the fish will like immediately run over and try to eat it and then spit it back out and you're like okay they're not very picky yeah (laughs) i mean i go after a rock i always wondered why how fish knew like if you throw bread into the water how they know it's food because completely foreign thing to them they don't know what bread is but i guess they just try (laughs) to eat everything yep that's the answer (laughs) my secret is i'm always eating (laughs) so fishing may or may not get easier but you do have a fun backyard activity in the rain with the gummy worms i like that I mean, you can already just eat gummy worms in the rain if you want to. That's really I think I would, <laughs> Yeah, I think I would not eat them. <laughs> I would still totally eat them. But eating gummy worms in the rain sounds like a... I don't even know what that sounds like. Like a, a, a poem title? Would they melt in the summer? Oh, probably. Well, that's sad. <laughs> Rip gummy worms. All right, next question. <laughs> all right. Another candy-related question. Uh, what if all rocks were pop rocks? Uh, your drop a pebble in the water by fish experiment gets a lot more exciting. Or if it just rains. <laughs> oh, or that also. Why do pop rocks pop? I'm pretty sure it's the moisture. I think it's the CO2 in it, and then the moisture dissolves the part around the CO2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tiny CO2 bubbles become trapped in the mixture, which makes the candy shatter when it hardens and the pressure is released. The release of trapped carbon dioxide trapped in the pop rocks is ultimately what caused them to pop and fizz when they're exposed to the heat and moisture in your mouth. Do you guys like pop rocks? Are you like into them? I like them. I haven't had them in a long time. And I remember 
sometimes when I would eat them, I would get scared because sometimes the pop was too big and it would hurt my mouth. (laughs) 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 But generally, I, I do like them. There is that. There's definitely that tipping point where you put slightly too many pop rocks in your mouth, and like your whole tongue is covered, and just like you can feel like all of them going at once. So it feels like your tongue's being like constricted into like a tiny ball. Like it just yeah. You're like, uh oh, <laughs> this is how I die. So what's considered? Because like a rock, there are rocks in a lot of things. Like concrete has rocks in it, and like salt is technically rock, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the big CO2 number. So the question is, is all the CO2 that would normally be in the atmosphere now trapped in the rocks or is it extra bonus co2 that's going to get released into the atmosphere and cause global warming i would say it's just part of the normal co2 cycle and i don't know exactly where it's pointed co2 from that like what has less co2 now but i don't think it adds more to the atmosphere the idea of being part of the cycle is hilarious to me because that means there's some process that post popping (laughs) It just like recollects the CO2 somehow, which I love the idea of that. The rock, like, yeah, rock formation sucks up the CO2 somehow. That's right, cool. yeah. And happens very quickly. I mean, I guess the kind of the answer is that it's going to be, we won't have lots of, very many of our rocks for very long. Would people farm or like plant pop rock gardens to like soak up the CO2 for environmental reasons? <laughs> I mean, it's a very limited time solution. Probably not. That's true. You'd have to protect it from the water. Yeah. And from all the rocks dissolve, like all the rocks around you dissolving into nothingness. Yeah. The the entire surface of the planet would just like, they, it would be fine for like tw- like a day and then like one rain cycle and all that CO2 that was trapped is now released back into the atmosphere and all the rocks are like exploding. Like I don't know how dangerous that, like if that builds up into big stuff. I mean, like, like the entire earth is a rock right <laughs> uh, if if it's heat and moisture oh, we, gotta have one of those, we gotta have one of those videos like a pool full of pop rocks is i'm sure that is a thing if so if it's heat and moisture that makes the the pop rock or the rock part of it dissolve and then it pops and the whole earth is a rock and the whole earth has a molten center liquid molten center <laughs> doesn't that just mean we explode exploding's bad exploding's not good i can tell you that Okay, this is a weird video because this dude's sitting in a bathtub and then pouring pop rocks on his legs. Oh, <laughs> uh, you see, this is not the kind of video you wanted it to be, sir. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be like, have they done anything with pop rocks on MythBusters? No, I'm trying to find like a video of someone putting pop rocks by lava, but all I'm finding is children's science experiments where you make a pop rocks volcano. Yeah, and <laughs> that's a very strange situation where you'd have pop rocks near lava. Oh no, like there's there are there. <laughs> There are like Their YouTube channels, channels that are just Dedicated like people who live near a volcano with like lava flows just go just and take it up and put in. it next to it and film it. I was if you microwave pop rocks. That's a really good question. <laughs> is that a really good question? <laughs> That's a question. Is that is that a really like just like on the on the quality of regular questions? It probably just melts. It's probably anticlimactic. I assume it just melts and doesn't pop. Probably. Yeah. What are pop rocks like when they're not the CO2 part? Is it just sugar, like sugar crystals? Is that the oh, almost certainly? I would yeah. imagine it's just like rock candy. Oh no, they're popping. They pop in the microwave. Oh, they pop. Okay, exceeded my expectations. They also melt in the microwave. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because they just need the heat, and I guess they don't really need the much, that much moisture. Sugar is not very strong of a material. <laughs> Man, these kids just messed up their microwave pretty bad. <laughs> they only got four thousand views for it, suckers. Oh man, that's not a lot at all. Four thousand and one now. 
Also, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be one heck of a tempting YouTube rabbit hole to go down now that I have all these pop rock videos. Like, can you pop rocks? Like, in so many video suggestions, gonna come up soon. <laughs> this is true. All right. Anyway, if all the rocks are pop rocks, we may or may not have an environmental crisis, or we may or may not have a fun new environmental uh, interaction. And rainstorms are louder. Yeah, nothing good is gonna come of it. Really, planet scale, everything's just gonna. Sugar's not a strong enough, dense enough rock, and the planet's just going to implode on itself under its own weight. Honestly, when it, if there are no explosions or anything, and it just rains and it releases CO two, it just means there's going to be a layer of CO two that we're breathing in. Mm. That also kills us. Mm. CO two is poisonous. Not good for you. No. Next question up here on this list: What if everyone became the thing they were wearing a costume of? Yeah. So these first, I guess these first four are rejected uh halloween lightning round questions that's why we had the two candy ones the costume one and the next one is about black cats spoilers but okay so <laughs> assumedly on halloween what if everyone became a thing they're wearing a costume of wasn't this a buffy the vampire it was slayer a buffy episode? The vampire slayer episode 100 percent. how'd that turn out for them okay at the end probably that's my my <laughs> guess as well but probably not great during it yeah not great during but okay at the end did you guys dress up for Halloween this last year, despite... What was the last... Not this last year, no. My wife and I dressed up, but very low effort costumes. Um, uh, I might have worn my dinosaur onesie. Two years ago, I was a taco, so that would have been awkward. Two years ago, I was Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Hmm. <laughs> so I, don't, I guess I just turned into him. What were you two years ago, Marcus? We were at the I same... think also a dinosaur. <laughs> You're frequently a dinosaur, huh? Oh no, I was I was um I was a, a disco guy. I had the like the generic eighties disco costume. Oh yes, that's true. So that'd be cool. I could have time traveled back well not time time traveled mentally back to the eighties. <laughs> I could have quickly formed some very outdated opinions. Yep, cool. Uh I would have been a taco, so I would have been eaten, and that's kind of the end of my story, huh? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people I don't very few people's lives improve. Well, I mean some like superheroes are a big costume like category superheroes are a yeah big that costume. gets good like i was spider-man three years ago lots of people have fun new jobs that's true lots of people are just weird like memes it's very <laughs> Can common you turn into a meme uh people would have one of our friends uh actually in the same party where i was a taco was clippy from uh microsoft office <laughs> that would have been fun and annoying how did he do that um i think he like made like paperclip uh, like things he was wearing out of like pvc pipe or something yeah something like that and he had like a sign that said i think you'd help with something or something i don't remember how it worked exactly that's pretty good Did he though. put big like eyes on himself i feel like there were eyes involved yeah it's good costume. yeah i think it was, i think it was like a big black like not cloak like poncho almost and then like the paperclip part attached to that and then yeah the i think some kind of help thing I think or there something. was a sign yeah who who has it worse in this like and in terms of common costumes so i think common costumes are superheroes and then all the like the traditional Halloween, like witches and like monsters and stuff oh those are probably okay because you're gonna have like you know a clique you're a part of now where it's like all the monsters will hang out together and all the superheroes will hang out together and everything do we do we end up with more or less nurses than we had before <laughs> probably <laughs> less actually yeah all the nurses aren't dressed as nurses anymore Although it is a cheap costume, it is a lazy costume if you're um, in that field to just wear scrubs. That is true. I'm not sure how many people do that. I don't know if that counts as a costume. <laughs> That's what all their friends kept saying at the Halloween party. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a very real problem, huh? 
Did we lose all the nurses? We probably have... Do we have... What are other, like, very important professions that you don't... Well, I mean, I don't think people really dress or, like, have costumes of, like, serious, I don't know, professions that contribute to society. I mean, there are, well, like... lots of women costumes do. <laughs> Not serious ones, but, uh... You know, salacious, sal- yeah. yeah, salacious ones. You're gonna have, you're gonna have like teachers and librarians and stuff, definitely. Like, lots of cheerleaders, lots of cheerleaders. <laughs> but like, that's definitely gonna. The numbers of those are definitely gonna go down for all of them, probably. Because I feel like the majority of people are just gonna pick funny things. All right, here is here is a very important question: What happens to someone who's not wearing a costume? I think they just stay the same. So do they stay the same, or they disappear? <laughs> are they now nothing? Oh no 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 they stay. <laughs> stay the same they're not wearing a they're wearing no costume which they're wearing no costume ergo yeah they are now no (laughs) i like the idea that there's half like you know the i don't know how what i don't even know what percentage of people you think wear halloween costumes um that's a very good question i would believe any number between like 30 and 70 yeah it's a pretty broad range (laughs) yeah well i guess we do have to address the fact that halloween is certainly not you know celebrated in all areas to the same yeah. extent as it is the u.s it's a it's a lot bigger in the u.s yeah dude, has anyone checked in on the u.s lately they seem really like they're having some trouble <laughs> right few days. well and also in the like rapturing situation things get kind of weird and like you know i don't know china yeah i mean is it is halloween big in any other countries other than the u.s like I don't actually know. I know it's not big in a few. Um, I don't actually know either. What country celebrate Halloween? It might just be the U.S. Like, like I mean, I'm sure there's Ireland, Canada, and the U.S. Okay. Uh, in Mexico and Latin American country, Dia de los Muertos replaces it. Yeah, but that's not Halloween. And that's it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't finish. This is a lot of article about they they spent the f- the middle third of the article talking about Dia de los Muertos, and now. <laughs> The History Channel website is asking me to sign up for their newsletter, so I've I have no more access to this information. Mm. So as far as we know, it is only America, Canada, and Ireland. Yeah, that's, it's only those three countries. <laughs> and I like the idea that there's like forty percent normal people and sixty percent. Well, it's forty percent normal people. Probably like twenty to forty percent of costumes do not leave you in a functioning, livable state. You know, vis-a-vis tacos, products, memes, puns. Oh, so if you're an inanimate object, you don't become an animate version of that object. I mean, I'd imagine not. Yeah, you just become, you know, you just become what it is. Yeah. I mean, That's it. You want his mayonnaise? You're fracking mayonnaise. <laughs> even even if I'm an animated taco, I'm surrounded by, a, assumedly, you know, at least one, like, wolfman. I'm not going to last that long. <laughs> That's true, I guess. I'd rather be an inanimate taco in that situation. See, what I imagine happening is that there's going to be all these monsters there's always going to be all these superheroes, and they're just going to become like a hero-villain thing. Like it's a war between them. Probably. That's probably the actual answer. I like that. War. What's it good for? Solving our Halloween dispute. <laughs> all right. Our, our last halloween theme question <laughs> that we're doing like in April. <laughs> what if you noticed a black cat following you everywhere? What would you do? Pet it, probably. Yeah, I don't think uh, I'd even really notice i mean i guess i would notice i'd notice and i'd say hey cool cat and i'd say who's your owner and then i start scratching it i guess if, if it's gonna follow you everywhere i don't think the fact that it's black really affects my reaction to it i would be weirded out if any cat was following me it would get definitely super weird at a certain point and then get very creepy like 
one of the one of the um like storylines that that kind of like res- always resonates with me is like hey there's this thing that's mindlessly chasing you you know whether it's in a you know a fantasy or sci-fi type thing and you know you have to like stop to sleep but this thing just like always follows like you can run away from it and get you know gain some distance but it's always going to follow so like the plot of the movie it follows is kind of what you're describing <laughs> I'm sure they made a movie. <laughs> yep. All right. Anyway, the one, the one I'm the one I know is from the, from the sci-fi the the fantasy novel series Discworld, where it's a magic luggage chest with a hundred legs that will just always follow its owner, and the guy who gets it doesn't want it, but it follows him around. Also, it eats a bunch of people. It's just luggage. But this black cat is just a normal cat, right? I guess that one does have to sleep. So you could, if you just move to a different country, the cat would probably not be able to cross the ocean or any of that, and you're consigning this cat to wander and drift, trying to get closer to you until it dies. That's yeah, sad. Like how, how aggressively is this cat trying to follow you? Like, if you're in an like a locked room or something, is it going to try to get in? Is it going to, like, like scratch at the door and try to break the door or something? I mean, it's a cat, so it'll probably do that, and then meow, and then not care for an hour, and then suddenly care again, and then... <laughs> What does it do when it gets to you? Does it just, like, chill and watch you? Does it, like, hop on your lap? Yeah, I think that's gotta be it. Can it hop on my lap? I like cats. Like, it just keeps you in eyesight always. But I think you don't know that that's the case. You think that something is up. You don't know that it's just a normal cat. But I mean, like, if it if it walks in the room and sits and looks at me, that's kind of just what cats do. <laughs> I don't know. If it was there, like, I'd just be like, oh, cool, this cat likes me. That's kind of my reaction. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't be too worried about it. But then would you, like, take up responsibility and, like, feed it and, like, adopt it? I mean, like, put up, yeah, like, put up a sign, but I'd be like, hey, this cat's chilling with me. Like, anyone anyone own this cat? No, I guess I own a cat now. Like, Also, thinking about it, like, if you commute to work, right? So you wake up, you know, you the cat's, the cat's near your house, right? You wake up, you drive to work. It, it's going to be, since you're in a car, it's going to take the cat. The cat won't actually make it to your office before the day's over so your cat's been traveling eight hours in one direction to get to your office and then you drive home and then it it starts working its way back home but it's now eight hours away from where it started so it's gonna be another eight hours before it gets back to you so it's basically just gonna be right as you're falling asleep the cat will finally make it back to your house and you'll never notice that it's actually falling see i'd feel bad and i'd drive the cat home (laughs) i i just want a cat (laughs) y'all just get a cat then ben yeah i'm allergic it's a very low commitment unless you're allergic in which case it's a a hell you put yourself into. Yeah, that's probably the biggest impact, actually, from this hypothetical for me is that I sneeze a lot. <laughs> All right. Next question up here. Not Halloween related. What if no one had thumbs? The thing that sets us apart from the apes and the lesser animals are Wait, opposable thumbs. Apes, the evolutionary trigger thumbs. that made us the superior species. <laughs> Just want to point that out. Yeah, apes have thumbs. You could have picked almost any animal. <laughs> that's like one of the few. It's almost like that was the joke. Uh, oh, I didn't get it. I Okay. I didn't get it either. Well, you did get it. You just <laughs> thought I was... You just implied that I was an idiot instead. Oh, yes, that is implied, <laughs> sure. Um. Okay. He didn't imply, he assumed. I assumed. <laughs> How much does this hurt us? Like, obviously, it's not good. I mean, we're still smart. So do you think we would come up with a solution? Would we see, would we even, like, attempt to, like, replace a thumb? Because we don't know what a thumb is unless we see apes and we see that they have thumbs. I think it just changes the ergonomics of everything we use. Because, like, like, thinking about it, like doorknobs, you kind of need a thumb. But, like, the door handily, like the one, like the levery ones, you don't really. Your gripping strength goes down a lot, so you can't grip things. I mean, you can, it's just... As well. 
It's just not as good. Yeah, you can carry. It would be made thinner. Like a yeah, like 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 a bag you can carry with like a like a handle. A lot of things have differently designed handles. You need to have, like rely on your hooking the hooking motion. <laughs> yeah, like I can pick up. I I have, I have a like a a Snapple bottle here. I can pick it up without my thumb, just my palm and fingers. But you can't open it without your thumb. Oh fuck yeah, I can. <laughs> fuck yeah, I can. There we go. It's I opened it. <laughs> There's only moderate slippage of, while rotating. The problem is we're really like the problem is with all all the modern tech and all these things. We would definitely be able to eventually, you know, redesign all our ergonomics to make it function. Do we lose out on anything key? Thumb wrestling. I was gonna say thumb wars. Mm. <laughs> War. What is it good for? Is it absolutely thumb thin? They're both the same thing, right? They're the thumb exact same thing. Wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except that the Cassus belly for a thumb war is one, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. You gotta say that, or it's a war crime. I was second guessing myself. I was like. Do I know what thumb wrestling is? <laughs> no, yeah. That's the same thing. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb wrestle. <laughs> in thumb wrestling, you put tiny masks on your thumbs. You can't flip a coin anymore. <laughs> you can't snap. You can't snap. We've tried to snap with our thumbs before on this podcast, haven't we? You can clap with one hand, sort of, and that sounds sort of like a snap. Actually, I'm snapping right now without my thumb. Wait, how? Now that I'm doing it, I think we have... I remember doing this on the show before... <laughs> So, like, the noise that makes a snap is basically your middle finger hitting the pocket between your, like, the meaty part of your palm and your ring finger. You're just doing it really fast. You're, like, building tension with your thumb. But you can still hit it really fast without your thumb. I guess. I don't know. All right. Anyway, what do we actually lose without thumbs? (laughs) Video games. But you can... Yes and no. You can replace... Like, you can come up with a solution It's different controllers, yeah. Um... I mean, if you just like W, yeah, like WASD is like already halfway there, and then you just have WASD, like you know, IJKL, man, that's like some '90s era's flash game control schemes right there. You can actually you can use a mouse. It's just it's a lot weird. You have to design it differently because you have to just like hold it with like your you have to click your your you know middle and ring fingers and hold it with your other fingers. It kind of still works. Can't give a thumbs up. All of our like icons will change. <laughs> uh, you can still give someone... Actually, you know what you don't have anymore? A middle finger. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, because now we only have four fingers. We only have four fingers. What do you do? Yeah, so we've been, Honestly, like, we, 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 we've been thinking about... You just be, just be, you just be fine. I will say... I, I think that actually a big place where things would get really complicated... I think that doing anything with hand tools becomes very, very difficult. Well, again, all those hand tools would be designed differently then. But I think you're going to have a lot less precision, right? Like, they'll be redesigned differently, but, like, like think about, think about like, using a hammer. I feel like I could use this. I don't think a hammer design would have to change. I don't think you can't, like, stabilize on impact as well, though. Maybe. I don't think you can use it for, like, an extended period of time. I'm trying to imagine it. Get a hammer. I could. Like you can, you can hold a hammer without your thumb, but I don't think you can actually hammer like a nail into something without bracing. You know, having the extra grip strength from having a thumb. I think what you maybe there's still ways around that. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like that sort of stuff is going to be a lot more you know intensive without having the thumb. Building IKEA furniture will be more difficult. We'll leave it at that. Yep. Now the opposite question: What if all animals had thumbs? Question. How does this work with snakes? How does this work with jellyfish? 
How does it work anything with anything without arms or hands? At least, at least you <laughs> can say coral? on a tentacle. You can you can kind of say a tentacle is like a limb, and you just have like a weird extra little second tentacle at the end of it, so it can like grip. It them. only has a thumb. <laughs> yeah, no basically. other fingers. Just every tentacle has a thumb on the end of it. It works. <laughs> and you don't really you can't really tell because it's just part of the tentacle. Does, does that mean that then a snake has like just a thumb at the like the end by its tail? <laughs> I think it would be like I feel like this. I think the snake would have like two thumbs that would be like mid chest, like like one third <laughs> of the way down. It would have like two thumbs, like little arms. Oh, I like the idea that it's at the end of the tail, so it could like hold a knife. I don't know why that's the with first thing I thought thumb? of, but whatever. Hold a knife with its one thumb. <laughs> oh no, and the end of his tail. And the end of his tail. Yeah, it's perfect. Don't think about it. Huh. Oh, see, you thought about it. Should I done that? I told you not to. I thought about it. Oh God, what looks the derpiest with an extra thumb? Fish look weird. Fish are not fun. I mean, uh, I think snake is one of the derpiest ones. Snake is very derpy because there's no good place to put it. And like worms. <laughs> yeah. Just anything like lengthy. Any animal with hooves is weird. Like a cow is weird with thumbs. Oh, is there is there like a tiny hoof on the thumb too? <laughs> that makes it better <laughs> that makes it better yeah it does than if it was just like fleshy there's just like a second little like hoofed foot that is you know like <laughs> next to the main one see otherwise it's gonna step on its uh, thumb all the time that's really, really just awkward and uncomfortable for it but i imagine it gains functionality because it's like it's still opposable so yeah like you can pick things up with it pick i guess things up See, I'm trying to, like, run through all the animals that I know in my head, and I'm like, I don't know that many animals. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew more animals. It's not like we do every other question of ours as a freaking animal question. I mean, is there, any, is there any any animal that really just benefits from being able to grab shit all of a sudden? Like, what's who's getting held back by that? Um, Crabs and scorpions. There we go. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they basically have... already do, right? Is that bottom claw of thumb? Does that count? Maybe it counts. I mean, Man, this is this question's going fracking nowhere. I know. This is really unfortunate. I was so excited about it. Your dog can give you a thumbs up, but you can't give it back because you don't have thumbs anymore. And your dog is sad. <laughs> oh, hey. Snapping. We talked about snapping before, right? Yeah. Well, Chris did. Um, this one, this question is about snapping. What if the Thanos snap was real? Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Thanos is a big purple man who is fictional, who snapped one time, and then half of Spoilers. everybody everywhere died. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That everyone probably already knows, but you never, you never know. If you're listening to a podcast, well, it's going to be impossible had... to talk about the Thanos snap with in spoiler-free territory in this hypothetical. True. So, I guess this question is: What if half of everything suddenly just disappeared? Yeah, all lot living things, not everything. So I think the we kind of talked about this off show before, but like I brought up the fact that there are a lot of bugs, and that the bugs would disappear. And then we were trying to figure out if statistically that meant that less people disappeared. I think we landed on no. The answer is no. Yeah. So I know one of the things I thought of was that even though half, you know, half of all, just talking about people specifically, you know, half of all people are gone, but the distribution of those people is not like the example I was thinking of. There are, there are suddenly some countries that do not have leaders and countries that do that may want to take advantage of that. That is true. A lot of things could shift politically. Yeah. But we don't really know who would come up on top because it's random. Right. It's going to be pretty hellish on a lot of companies because, like, just think about the leader. Like, 
there's a lot of companies that only function because that one dude who's been there for 20 years know, knows how to do that thing. And is that almost universally true of companies? Uh, it has to be, right? Probably. I can't imagine a company that doesn't have just that one person who does the thing. And, and that thing could be like... Like me with editing. <laughs> yeah. Our podcast has better odds than most companies. Every Here's the thing. Every single startup immediately dies. Because every startup yeah, is like probably, that where every yeah. person is important. I guess if you if you magic like if you have if you're a startup of six people, there's a chance that none of you get snapped, and then you're in great position. <laughs> yeah, because then all your competition disappears. Right. Well, half of it. Well, but... half of them do. <laughs> hey. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so very small companies that can beat the odds, and then very large companies that are so structured that there's a employee manual for you know most everyone's jobs. I do wonder sometimes, like if you have like. A company like Walmart, like if the entire corporate of Walmart just like disappeared for, you know, two months, how much of Walmart would still be functioning? Like, would would they even notice like the, the body moving without the head? Like how many like day to day operations, how much of it is going to be ruined? I think the big companies will be fine. Like not. Yeah, there is a chance that all of corporate will disappear, but chances are it won't. And they'll be able to replace the people that disappear there might be like one person that's kind of important that knows how to do a lot of stuff, but if they're big enough, then they should be able to replace them. God, does this just mean there's no more small companies because all the small companies get absorbed to replace the people who got snapped away in the big companies? Yeah, it's not gonna be. It's gonna be kind of just corporate America. Basically, there's a big shakeup, and corporate America is the, is the fastest to recover. Is gonna be a problem. Yep. All right, <laughs> corporate America once again <laughs> takes over everything if the Thanos snap was real. You cannot stop capitalism. All right, next one up here. What if there were no diseases? I mean, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> what What do we talk about with this one? <laughs> Sounds good. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, great. Great time. Would Okay, okay. Um evolutionary, not evolutionary progress, but societal progress. Very would it would it have accelerated? Like say go back in time, right? To to like, I don't know. How far do you back? Middle Ages. We'll start with Middle Ages. Like from Middle Ages on, after the Black Plague, that was it. Black Plague, no more diseases after that. The thing is, the the average life expectancy would shoot way up. Yeah, and we, like we put a lot of resources towards finding cures to diseases and stuff. So like all those resources would be diverted to other things. Well, not even that. Like bef- modern times, it makes a little bit, I think it makes slightly less impact. Like disease and, you know, like especially like heart disease and cancer are still like leading causes of death. So our, our life expectancy would still increase. But our life expectancy right now is 70? Is that what it is? More than that? I feel like it's more than that. Average life expectancy. 78.5 years. So, yeah, the, the average life expectancy is 78.5 years. Like, even if you increase that to, like, 98, 78 years is 40 years, 45 years higher than life expectancy back when. And so what, you, what it unlocks is people getting old enough to really, like, garner expertise and study and science and things other side of the coin so using your hypothetical and this hypothetical of the black plague is the last disease and then no more diseases we suddenly as as of you know like maybe 30 years past that have a huge overpopulation pop problem everywhere yeah yeah <laughs> so there may not be diseases but there is starvation <laughs> and uh so that'll affect life expectancy yeah but there's more people to figure out starvation. So the problem <laughs> with that solution is 
I, I think I think we run into resource limits just way more quickly uh, than we, you know, did is kind of the answer. Maybe. I, I feel I'm, I'm optimistic that they'd figure something out. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overly optimistic. I, so I, mean, I, I think what history happens, is pretty brutal to people like, yeah, like it's I think it actually winds up being bad because we wind up just very quickly outstripping like our ability to produce food. I think what probably winds up happening is that we do wind up with an industrial revolution faster, but then we wind up killing the planet even faster because there's more people to do it when we, but you know, we're polluting like crazy, not really knowing what we're doing. So it's the opposite of Thanos snap. Yeah, kind of. Is our industrial revolution much better because people can't get sick working in terrible working conditions of the early industrial revolution? Toxins and all that stuff. That is possible, but that also probably just means that the planet is a barren husk by the time we reach current day. So yay! So we 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 let everyone else experience our high highlight of our of humanity. It just happened earlier. We peaked too soon. We sure did. Thanks, diseases. All right. I, th- I think this next one will be this next one will be the last one uh, for today. Design the perfect pyramid trap. That's not a question. You asked it like a question though. <laughs> I'm the host. I make the rules. Design the perfect pyramid trap. You got a pyramid. God defend it. Okay. Indiana Jones, some some dude in a in a in a cowboy hat's coming in to to steal your stuff. So we looked into this once and just like discovered that pyramid traps aren't an actual thing, right? I'm not sure if that's true. No, I think, I that think is it true. is true. I think that's part of the reason we wound up not doing this one as a main question. I started typing our pyramid, and the autocomplete is schemes illegal. Our pyramid schemes illegal. <laughs> Our pyramid traps legal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, to ask historians on Reddit, absolutely they're real. Reliable source. Uh, Ducksters.com agrees. So what it looks like, and from the answer on Reddit, is that what they would usually do is make it look like it was already robbed. So mm. they would have like put like a false chamber. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, but we're we want to do the fun version of this. We so, want to do the fun version. Yeah, so we're doing like the stereotypical pyramid traps in the movies, Indiana Jones style. Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. I'm just curious if they're true. And it's the perfect pyramid trap. It has to have a hundred percent success rate. Perfect pyramid trap. I don't know what makes a good pyramid trap other than like because it's easy to protect against people that are trying to steal your treasures. So are there, what, what, so let's establish some rules, I think, first. So you have you have to have your your pyramid has to be enterable. You have to have like walkable hallways, rooms and passageways, and then you have your I guess a treasure room or just the esophagus room, I guess. Do you, are you just protecting the esophagus? Or, <laughs> sarcophagus? <laughs> it's like, esophagus. Is this a term I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I knew immediately like, what happened quick, there. The esophagus. <laughs> I was like, a hallway is sort of an esophagus. <laughs> <laughs> the great stone esophagus to the sarcophagus. The esophagus is the hallway to the body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think the requirement is, yeah, you have to have walkable hallways and then the sarcophagus room. So one thing I've always wondered about the traps in like, like what I'm seeing in my mind is the, you know, the traps where... There's like a blade that spins or, you know, swings back and forth. So I've always wondered, why do you make it so they can get past the blades really easily? Like, why not just, <laughs> why not? Okay, if you have, why so. Why does your trap suck? <laughs> right? Like, why were, you, why were you like, oh, I want to not be robbed unless they're really agile. 
<laughs> then they deserve it. Like, I never got that. That didn't, didn't really make sense to me. So here's what you do, actually. You have a hallway, and you have the two, like, slits facing each other with the blades that swing back and forth. You can, like, dart between, and the guy's feeling all good. And then right past that, you know, after he gets past those ones, there's one that just swings down towards him. Done. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, fooled you. It just it just goes along the hallway. Right, exactly. <laughs> so easy. Why didn't we think of that one before? Yeah, same thing with those arrows. Instead of shooting across the hallway where it only covers like four square feet, shoot one shoot like five down the hallway. You're gonna get somebody. Right. The the, the answer to most of the how do you make the pyramid trap perfect is you rotate it ninety degrees. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Also, I'll help you out. If you're going to have a giant boulder cr- roll down to crush someone, have it go from where they started, not where they wound up. That one you can rotate 180 degrees. Yep. All, it's all rotation, really. <laughs> they were so close. So close. They if just, only they knew anything about they, geometry. They just had the goddamn plans upside down, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm moving on to our Would You Rather question. Ben. Yes. Would you rather have the ability to hibernate like a bear or chew through things like a beaver? Oh, hibernating doesn't seem that useful in day-to-day life. Not gonna lie. Admittedly, chewing through things like a beaver also does not seem that useful in day-to-day life. I feel like hibernation would disrupt your life, though. Right, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Could you make it really work for you, though, that the hibernation? How would you do that? That was my question as well. <laughs> so my first thought is there's a fair number of like seasonal businesses that are quite lucrative, except for the problem of, you know, you have to make your money in that half a year to pay for your winter. It's a lot cheaper just to sleep for like uh, four months, five months, three months, two months. I guess that's... How long do bears hibernate? <laughs> But like, I don't I know. Like we did a whole episode on it, and I don't we remember. We did. I don't remember either. <laughs> Five to seven months. So it is six months. I feel like your food costs aren't most of your expenses, though. Like, you could. You could do that. That's the best way to use it, probably. Also, don't have to eat, like, a bunch of food at the start. Yeah, you still have to eat a lot. Like, I feel like the amount of food you eat is comes out to around the same. You just gorge yourself for, like, the last two weeks before you hibernate. You don't have to hibernate. You just have the ability to. You don't have to do it every year. But when would you choose to? So here's the problem. Here's, like, in my current life, I would, like, what, take a week off of work and hibernate? Why would I do that? <laughs> no, you take six months off of work and hibernate. Like, if you're not working, why would you choose to hibernate? Right. Spend that time hibernating. That's kind of the thing I can't figure out. Is there really no use for hibernating? There's got to be something you can do. Like, okay, so, all right. If if you were going to min-max it, if you were going to live... If you're going to do your seasonal work idea, what you could do is you wouldn't be you wouldn't really want to own a home probably. You'd probably have to be renting. But you could live a normal life when you're working and then during your hibernation time you just like rent someone's basement or something for like 150 bucks a month and then just go down there and hibernate. And you just like super minimize your expenses and you can build up some money that way. However, I don't think it's worth basically just giving up half of your life. Yeah, that's the trick. You still age while hibernating. Right. Okay, so generally the hibernation thing we think is a negative. Let's look at the beaver thing. Well, it's not a negative. It's only an ability. So it's always a net positive. Yeah, but it's something you'll never use. So will you use the beaver thing? I think you might. 
When would I want to chew on things like a beaver? <laughs> you could carve something nice. But why wouldn't you just use a tool? Right. <laughs> why wouldn't you just use your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> why would you use your mouth? Why would I choose to not? Well, why wouldn't you use your mouth? <laughs> it could get you out of like a, a once in a lifetime kidnapping or something. I was going to say it could help you in like a deserted island, you know, need to make shelter situation. But technically, hibernation could maybe come in handy there as well. I don't know. Yeah, like if you got stranded on a raft in the middle of the ocean, you could like hibernate. But then you probably just fall off the raft and die. So I, maybe that one doesn't even well, really hibernation, work. Hibernation, like for bears, hibernation is to get through the winter in cold weather. So if you're like on an expedition in like the Arctic or something, then maybe it could help. But then you're not really exploring. You're just right. You're there. just sleeping there. You just went to sleep in the Arctic <laughs> for some reason. I don't. <laughs> Wait, can you get paid for sleep studies by hourly? <laughs> can you scam a sleep study? Probably. I don't think it's like they say, hey, we're going to pay you 20 bucks for every hour you can sleep. Per hour. I don't guess how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe it's like, hey, you sleep, you stay here the night and we'll just pay you 20 bucks an hour or something. Maybe there's a sleep study like that and you can be like, okay, it lasts till I wake up, right? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, any amount of hours? Like, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever. We won't wake like, you okay. up. It's in our contract. We're not supposed to wake you up. You wake up naturally. I, I guess? Okay, <laughs> under those incredibly specific circumstances, yes, I guess that could be a boon to you. All right, I think I've made up my mind, personally. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll call up there and, and then do that. All right, Ben, you, you, what what is on your mind? I'm going to take the beaver teeth because... Honestly, I don't think I'm ever going to use either of these, but there is a slightly larger chance I need to, like, I don't know, break down a cardboard box to make it fit into my recycling bin. And I don't want to walk all the way across the room to get an X-Acto knife. Chris? Yeah, I'm in the same boat, I think. I don't think I'm going to use either of these pretty much ever. I think it'll just, like, the beaver teeth will come into a situation where I'm in, it's like a survival situation. It's the only time I would use it. And... The hibernation, I don't think I would use it in a survival situation because it just makes me go to sleep. It doesn't really help me survive. Like, it helps me survive, I guess, but I'm not, like, actively looking for help. People are just not, people aren't going to find me. I'm just going to be sitting there, and then when I wake up, I'm going to die. I will will also say that beaver teeth is a way better party trick than going to sleep. (laughs) I guess, would it be too tempting to use the beaver teeth as a party trick and you get known as a person who can just bite through a fucking, like, piece of wood? When you'd ask, you'd ask permission, people will start having wood around for you so you could show it off. Like, oh, no, 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 not like you're damaging their stuff, but like you have this ability, you want to tell people about it because it's wild, but also you, no one will ever think of you the same way again after they see it. Yeah, I don't think I would use it in public. I think I'd only use it in private if I was going to use it. So you're, you're beaver man now. This is your superpower. Your deep shame. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have a mask and a fake tail. (laughs) Chris's wife walks in just like he's just sitting there with like a cardboard box and like in his mouth like half chewed through and he's like I can explain (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I think I'm in the same boat we I was shooting for hybrid age just to find the the one single use case but there's there's just not one there isn't one (laughs) so absolutely useless um you know what's not useless though leaving our podcast a review in fact it's super useful the opposite of use less it's like use more it's full of uses really right up there it's it's the use most. It's the use most thing you can do. Leave us a review. Helps grow the show. Love to see it. Love to hear your feedback. Second thing you can do, go to our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash absurdhypotheticals. 
One singular dollar a month gets you access to all our extra content for our patrons only. And there's lots of cool stuff back there. So it's great and you should do it. And that's that's all I have to say on that matter. In any case, if you enjoyed today's show or if you didn't, you are more than welcome to join us next week where we answer the following question. How would you improve hockey?